everybody. Welcome to the Sour Mash Podcast. Um, if you haven't heard, we're the Sour Mash Tours team. This is Dylan. Danielle. And this is Andy. And we're, you know, we're like I said, we're from Sour Mash Tours. Uh, we are Louisville's only walking uh, bourbon tour. Uh, we go to three different bars in the Louisville area. We try three bourbons at each stop. We give you a lot of cool knowledge, and you also get to hang out with three of the coolest people in Louisville while you're doing no it. No doubt. As long as, are, are they going to join the next tour? They're usually already there. Okay. Yeah, that's the thing. There's one person <laughs> at each stop that's one of the coolest in Louisville. Gotcha. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, that's how it works. We Just actually, kidding. It's totally, it's totally us. We're totally this. This past Saturday was the first time we had somebody on our tour that, that knew the podcast. It was amazing. It was. We were talking about the Sour Mash 16, and Dylan was saying that we had a bottle of uh, Henry McKenna that might not have been the tip top, and the guy was like, yeah, and four, Old Forester 1920. It blew, it blew my mind. I couldn't help but give Dylan a high five right there in front of everybody. It was great. It was like all of our hard work had finally paid off. We had a stranger compliment us on our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> People really do listen, guys. Several yeah. dozen listeners. Several, Several dozen. Yeah. dozen. Yeah. Several dozen. So, um, Andy, you want to talk about what we're uh, what we're sipping on yeah, today, so as we always do? We're gonna start. I'll just introduce it, but then we're gonna go down a whole rabbit hole based on this. Okay, be prepared. So we are drinking Thomas H. Handy Sazerac, which is part of the annual Buffalo Trace Antique Collection. This particular bottle was from the 2014 release. It's 129.2 proof. So it's hot. It's not for the faint of heart. It is hot. It's uh, a barrel-proof rye whiskey, mm-hmm. and it's aged just a little over six years. Um, the year that this came out, I believe, I just read there were about 3,500 bottles released total. Um, the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection comes out around this time of year. This is why I wanted to drink this today, because okay. I was just thinking about all of the bourbon that we're not going to be able to get this year. Ah. <laughs> And why is that? Because it's impossible to get all this allocated bourbon in the fall. The fall is when all these new lineups come out, yeah. new releases. We already missed out. We already didn't get to drink any of the birthday bourbon. No birthday bourbon. Which Man. people are at. So many people have been talking to me about that. Like, it's so easy to get. And I'm just like, don't bring this shit to me like I just know. Well, P. Miller called me asking for birthday bourbon. Of course he did. <laughs> Not that anybody listening knows who P. Miller is. Well, some people do. But wait, uh, some people do. Yeah. But of course he did. <laughs> I was going to get to drive it over to Fuzzy's <laughs> and give him a pour. But, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, this, you say this is a fall collection, fall release, and since this is such a high proof, it would make perfect sense that, you know, you would drink this in the fall when it's sweater weather and it's nice, but, you know, it just so happens that right now in, in Louisville, it's like 90 fucking degrees. It's so miserable, man. It, this is not... It's got me t- down. Yeah, it's not the type of bourbon. Today at work, you were talking about how it's going to cool down on Thursday, like and everyone broke out in, like, applause. Yeah. Like, we're, like, so ready for it. I'm so ready to stop sweating. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been miserable. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit more about the the fall lineup of bourbons that we're not going to get to try here in a minute. But I just noticed, Danielle, reading the back of this label, and I read it earlier, and it's a very, very interesting story. Do you want to do you want to read this for our listeners, Danielle? Absolutely. I mean, don't read the whole thing. It's it's kind of long. I mean, well, gonna, it's a good story. This is like we're going to turn into like the War of the Worlds podcast. Yeah. All of a sudden, just be like, and the aliens came down and gave them the recipe. <laughs> I was actually well, spoiler alert. <laughs> I was actually just reading like some of the marketing tasting notes that they talk about because to me, 
this is really spicy and peppery and you know it's a it's not a bourbon that I would probably just be sipping on personally but here it says I noticed that um, but here it says um, patrons preferred the taste of rye whiskey over brandy because it was more robust and spicy the whiskey had a bouquet of pepper and clove and wonderful flavors including citrus and candied fruit Um, which are not things that obviously I pick out immediately but like the pepper I say pepper only because it's spicy to me they didn't mention old so pepper is a pepper is a rye that's a a rye state yeah Yeah, for sure I'll paraphrase if you don't want to read the whole thing. Yeah, I'd rather not. I'm going to say Chandy um, <laughs> moved to New Orleans when he was like 17, and he hooked up with this dude who was running, they had these coffee shops. And it's not like the Amsterdam coffee shops that we went to, mm. but it was a similar idea. The coffee shop was actually like a down low like bar. Mm. Mm. So there was a dude that was working in one of these bars, his last name was Pachet of Pachet's Bitters fame, okay. um, and he started putting his family recipe of bitters into brandy, and they invented the Sazerac cocktail. Ah. So this particular in coffee... In New Orleans. In New Orleans. Yeah. So this particular uh, shop guy named the Sazerac coffee shop, I think. Shop, coffee house, maybe. Yeah. Yep. Coffee house. <clears throat> and uh, Thomas Handy came down and started working with this, this other guy in a bar, um, and eventually that other dude befriended him. That guy bought the Cesarac Coffee House. Thomas Handy came along, worked with him for 22 more years, and then the, the owner passed away. Handy and Pachet bought the coffee house, and then uh, Handy decided he was the first one, Thomas H. Handy, to, like you said, replace the brandy and mm-hmm. the traditional Cesarac cocktail with the rye whiskey that's typical, that's associated with so it he, today. So he made it like the Sazerac. He made it the Sazerac that we know and love here in the United States. Nice. And now he has his name on the front of these uh, awesome whiskey bottles that come out once yeah. a year. Yeah. And it's like, what a what a good thing to give them like barrel strength too. Like mm. straight up like it would have been. Straight up then. like it would have been, yeah. Straight out. Like, that's pretty Uncut, cool. Uncut, like, unfiltered. Do you know that if, if, if Paychead is the right way to say that? Because I think about New Orleans and I think he's got to be some sort of like Creole. And he's like... Pachal. Pachal? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. I mean, we just got back from France, and the way to pronounce anything in French is just to bail out halfway through the word. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, patients would be like, Pachal. <laughs> yeah, we would be, like, on the metro, and we'd hear the next stop, and we're, like, pronouncing every syllable, every letter, and it's just like, Bleh. But one of them was, was literally Franklin D. Roosevelt. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, I know how to say that. I didn't. And it was like... <laughs> Just, no, come on, don't be <laughs> I'm not. It's just hard to pronounce. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But anyway, I really like this stuff. I'm a fan of barrel proof. I'm a fan of rye whiskey. So this hits a sweet spot for me. This But not so a, sweet. But not so sweet. Not so sweet. Yeah, spot, for heavy. sure. Um, this, this is a bottle that I got from a good friend, uh, Tracy Turkelson, who I used to work with, uh, who's actually semi responsible. Uh, for me getting very into bourbon uh, six or seven years ago. Okay. We used to gather in uh, my boss's office, mm-hmm. uh, you know, four thirty, five mostly. Yeah. But and try different bourbons. And we started off uh, maybe get a bottle of Woodford Reserve mm-hmm. and we'd come in and pour it over some ice and drink it. Suddenly we started getting more curious about more and more intense brands. Uh, trying new stuff, and Tracy became enthralled with getting a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. Mm-hmm. So she went on the Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania 
if, I'm not sure you guys know, is a controlled state. Um, so every state has kind of three dis three steps in the distribution channel from the distiller to the distributor to the retailer. In Pennsylvania, the state is all the state is the distributor and the retailer. Mm -hmm. So they're allocated stuff. They do a lottery, and anybody can join online. But you technically have to be a Pennsylvania resident. Tracy went on and bought a bottle of Pappy Van Winkle. At, she was just, it's like first come first serve. I guess it's not a true lottery, but she had to drive all the way up to like she found the closest liquor store to the border <laughs> of Ohio and Pennsylvania and drove up there and picked up her Pappy oh, Twenty. Wow! And brought it down. And we were all very skeptical about it. We we're like, oh, you know, the hype. Uh, we're not gonna like this that much. It's not gonna be much different than anything else we tried. And boy, were we wrong. It was phenomenal. It tasted buttery. Um, everybody in the room was just blown away. We all had ice ready to put into the Pappy Van Winkle to try to soften it up because that's how we were used to drinking bourbon. No ice. Didn't need the ice. No ice. And we liked it so much from that moment forward, the three or four of us in the room started chasing bourbon around town. And that happened to be right before uh, that year's antique collection came out. I was lucky enough to snag some George T. Snag some stag. Snag some stag. <laughs> snag some stag. That so year. That, that, I mean, this was like kind of at the beginning of the bourbon it was, boom though, It right? was right like, as bourbon was, was getting very, very popular. Yeah. Um, we went to, I remember going into Liquor Barn uh, to because I thought that the antique collection might have been coming out that day and there was like maybe six dudes lined up in there with folding chairs and I was at the end and I got three bottles of George Stagg. Right. Yeah, and something nice. that you literally cannot do anymore. Right. Like that will not happen. Right. That's why I'm looking forward to not drinking this year's George <laughs> Stagg because yeah. I'll never be able so to. So you're never going to get to do it. But it's like it's things like this you think about like how you get into something like this right. and where it leads you. Like it's really cool. I mean always tell the, the story on the tour, like the joke um, I talk about since Danielle and I are both from Marion County, or you know, the home of Maker's Mark, I always joke that, um, you know, growing up we never had Orgel or anything uh, in the house, like anytime I ever had a toothache or anything like that, my mom would just take a little bit of Maker's and just rub it on my gums. Um, so, you know, saying I'm always, I've been drinking bourbon ever since I was a kid, but, um, which is technically true, like that's actually I mean, a true story, that's yeah. how it worked. But um, no, I mean, I really didn't get like into into bourbon until you know after undergrad um, when I worked at Jim Beam. Yeah. So, you know, I knew all of those things, but at that point, I was still a twenty-one-year-old kid who just drank to get hammered mm. and really didn't worry about like something you really enjoyed. So, you know, once I got to Beam, I had all of this information just at my fingertips, and I just ate it up. So, yeah. as much as I could go out and just like learn just read and share a bit of knowledge out on a tour learn something from somebody else like it was just fascinating and, and so that's why like i've really fallen in love with the the history behind everything yeah, for sure um you know and that's why that's why i like doing our tours because i really like to share that with everyone well even before my religious experience with Taffy van winkle uh, or maybe right around that same time, we lived together. Yeah. And you were working at Jim Beam. Yep. So you would come home with boxes of like <laughs> half drank or half filled uh, beam bottles or, yeah. you know, something that was supposed to be a Japanese. Japanese, yeah. Yeah, Japanese export. Yeah, the had like so, a raffle. And so, yeah, we got to try a bunch of like random stuff. Yeah, for um, somebody, you know. Couple guys that were barely out of college. We had this robust bourbon collection, and it was all uh, Beam Centauri. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was it was Beam Global at the time. Oh yeah, yeah. 
And, and Danielle basically just looked at it. She was always, she's. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> I like bourbon now, but yeah. I didn't until maybe two years ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, I never drank it. It was um, just one of those things where yeah. like, you, it, like it wasn't your taste. Right, and I mean, even to this day, like, you guys drink something like this and you're like, oh, this is great. I mean, I'll definitely drink it. I appreciate it, but it's just not my favorite thing. I feel like I'm just set. Maybe that's my taste. Maybe it's a different level. You're still developing taste, your palate. I think. Yeah, yeah, you're for still sure. Figuring out what you like. I, think I definitely one of your, one of your first it. times that you like tasted a lot of bourbons back to back to back was when we were doing the yeah. Sour Manch 16. A hundred percent. Back in um, the spring. Yeah, which was interesting because you know it was me who was a bourbon newbie, and then you guys and sometimes a lot of times we had the same thought, but I sometimes would be on an island, you know, with my picks. But I do like bourbon a lot, and you know, obviously the Sour Mash tours. I mean, I don't give tours yet, but. I do the behind the scenes stuff because you guys are just, you know, it. it's not just reading a book or getting online and learning about it. It's really immersing yourself in it. You know, it's like learning a language. So to me, I feel like I'm still getting that immersion, whereas you guys have just, you know, been in it for several years now. Is it just, like, a, it's like the, the Bane reference? It's like, uh, it's like, you <laughs> You you were merely adopted to the darkness. I was, <laughs> I was born into it. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. It's like just, yeah. It's it's exactly it's oh. exactly that, Dylan. Yeah, but no, I mean you, the, your tasting notes have been short, like nothing short of like inspiring. Though, like that's the thing is like it's great. Like no, it's so fun to like watch you like learn more about all this stuff. Yeah, no, it's, you, it's, you know. it's great. I mean, you know, you definitely have to train your palate, but they mm-hmm. do say that women have uh, a more discerning palate. I would, I would um, agree. I don't know that I agree right off the bat. <laughs> maybe not with bourbon, but I, it's it's learned. I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, maybe I'm wrong, but you really have to practice. And people people laugh. They're like, oh, like you do. You yeah. you have to practice. You have to know you know, different types of bourbon, you know, different mash bills. You've got to know, you know, how, how long has it been aged? I mean, it's, there's just so much that goes into the taste of it. Mm-hmm. And before I started drinking bourbon, if you, like, I listen to people drink it and I'm like laughing. You know, they have these tasting notes. They're like, oh, this one is so much, this, so much better than last year's or this or that. I'm like, what? But then you start to drink it and you drink it enough and realize that, oh, it's very different. It's yeah. like when I, now I started drinking my coffee black and now I'm like, oh. Oh, like this coffee is way better. Than the that. differences in coffee, yeah, all exactly. those things make a big difference. It's yeah. like you know, like with Kate and I. So of course, like I'm the bourbon guy, and like she, like her palate with beer is just unreal. Yeah. So you know, when we're out and tasting something, you know, there I'll get something just off the wall that doesn't make any sense, and she's like, oh no no no, like she can pinpoint stuff like right off the bat, but like we have a good time just going back and forth to yeah. figure out, you know. We're trying bourbon. What are you tasting here? Oh, what are we getting in this beer? Yeah. Um, but no, I mean, it's like you said, it just takes repetition. It does. And, it just and, takes and, try, and then trying stuff. Like not being afraid to give something a try, even yeah. if you don't like it. Like, you know, you never really know until yeah. you, you sit think, down and drink it. I think like, you know, for me, it's not just having a sip of something. It's like drinking the whole thing. Because right now this is way better. Like the the tenth sip of this was way better than the first. Mm-hmm. Well, this this has opened up very nicely for mm-hmm. me. Like I just sat out, Dylan, because I didn't think you were going to be here. Yeah. Um, so I, I had a massage appointment today. So. Hey. Hey-o. Two of these sat out for a lot longer, and I took a little sip when I first poured it, and it was hot fire. Yeah. Like you have to let some of that alcohol evaporate off the top of it, but all this stuff, whether it's bourbon, beer, coffee, literally the definition of an acquired taste. Like nobody. Mm-hmm loves no. their first sip of any of that stuff. I agree. No. And that's why, you know, I had 
the first drink of beer I ever had was a Milwaukee's Best, and I thought that it was the grossest thing I've ever tasted. Yeah, well, when you were like why. seven. So then a couple weeks later, I drank Mad Dog 2020 because it was sweet and it tasted like uh, strawberry <laughs> banana or something oh. like that. And then that. you vomed and you could never drink it again. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, maybe I can try this beer Pretty stuff much. again. Yeah, for sure. No, you're totally right. They're all an acquired taste, and, and I mean... I, I like all three of those things, but mm-hmm. I definitely didn't when I first tried them. And I think that's one of the things, too, is that, like, when you first start drinking, like, let's be honest, like, it's not like you're sitting around and doing a tasting of something. Like, you no. take something, you put it in a shot glass, and you shoot it. Right. So yeah. everything tastes exactly the same because it's just going straight down your gullet, and you're yeah. just trying to get wasted. You're chasing yeah. it with jungle juice or Mountain Dew or something. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. like Sprite mixed with Kool-Aid powder. Oh, yeah. yeah. Get some Skittles. Skittles. Sprite yeah. mixed with Kool-Aid powder with alcohol? With alcohol. So you, you take oh, okay. a... You take a I do not recommend this to anyone of any age by the way um, you take a two liter of Mountain Dew is it Mount? yes Mountain, Mountain Dew. Dew so you pour half the Mountain Dew out you put a packet of Kool-Aid powder in it and then you fill it up with vodka yep. and that's called Skittles and that my friends it's called diabetes that my friends yeah. is called yeah it, 100%. it that's a blackout it's you're gonna it's uh it's it's not fun for anyone no um, but that is you know you know college drink of choice i like to think that i've maybe matured beyond that now mm-hmm. but yeah i mean no with the bourbon i mean long story short i just think that anybody who likes bourbon i feel like you've worked at it you've made a conscious decision to say i'm gonna try bourbon i'm really gonna you know i mean it's just like that with beer it's like anything you know because mm-hmm. if you asked me two years ago if i like bourbon i'd say not really mm-hmm. um and you know i just feel like i'm surrounded by it obviously sour mash tours is very close to my heart and a business that we own and then all the bourbon that we have here at the house i mean why not? Especially in a cocktail, though. Oh, yeah. Love a bourbon cocktail. And obviously. cocktails usually make, like, that makes a big difference. Sure, like, Once yeah. you get a really good cocktail, yeah. you're like, okay, this is a oh, good start. yeah, for sure, yeah. yeah. That helps. And then, you know, encouraging people to try things that are a little bit different. So telling yeah. people to, to throw an ice cube in there, pour a little bit of water, all that makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's what, you know, speaking to what we really love to do on Sour Mash, I mean, that's the truth. That's why we like, that's why, you know, we decided to do what we're doing. Yeah, because um, you've got people who come, they love bourbon, they know a lot about bourbon, they're like, they're, you know, they're rapport with you guys, just back and forth, but maybe they've found something they've never had before, something they really like, or they're, you know, the opposite of that, maybe it's, you know, for example, Andy's mom, Lisa, she comes on a tour because she's a big fan, and she doesn't really like bourbon, but she tries one that she likes, mm-hmm. you know. Happened to um, be a rye. Happened, happened to be a rye. To be a rye. And you just never know. Um, but that I mean, that happened with uh, that happened with Craig. Yeah. Craig, you know, Craig came on yeah. the uh, the Axis tour oh, yeah. with us, and like he's like, oh, I'm not really a bourbon guy. Like these are the things that I like, and you know, we we went through the tasting, and like I could see him just like yeah. getting down with like the stuff that was going on. Yeah. So like you just never really know, and and it just takes taking that leap of faith and saying, all right, I'm gonna get into it. Yeah. I gotta recommend putting a drop of water in, which is handy. I think it does it very nicely. Yeah? Yes. So to bring it back full circle to this particular bottle, um, as far as getting into bourbon, the reason that we went down that rabbit hole today is because um, Tracy, uh, the woman who's indirectly responsible for me getting very into bourbon whiskey, um, gave me this bottle not too long ago. She had it from back when she was collecting. Oh, she that's kind right. of fallen off of it a little bit she's said she's got enough at home but uh somebody who used to drink with this a lot um in jason's office sam tuffer passed away earlier this year and tracy gave me this at sam's funeral so mm-hmm. i wanted to propose a toast uh to sam to sam to sam to sam, to sam. great man 
great man. Absolutely. No, and it's yeah, it, it's fitting to, to, to have this as part of your you know introduction and you all doing that together and the type of yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a special bottle, and I wanted to share with you guys, yeah. which we appreciate. Yeah. Love it very much. So, You're but good man, unfortunately, getting special bottles is becoming a lot more difficult. It is, uh, especially if you're not willing to pay the outrageous, sometimes outrageous I mean, secondary you know, prices. You've got to well, like, pay prices, or you've got to be willing to like. Stay overnight, at mm-hmm. least overnight, yeah, outside so of the liquor store. Liquor Barn released um, last Saturday. Uh, all of their stores, along with the Party Marts, released their allocation of birthday bourbon. Yeah. And I think each store had maybe 20 bottles or something like that. Dad, y'all and I went to the movies. We saw A Star is Born, which is phenomenal. Lady Gaga is a revelation. Heard good things. It's great. The music's great. The acting's good. I was a fan of it. 10 out of 10, guys. Go see it. Um, but we were coming back and drove past that uh, Hurstbourne Liquor Barn, and it was probably 11 o'clock, and there yeah. was already enough people out there where you couldn't have gotten a birthday birthday. I mean, you <laughs> have to be super dedicated. Um, I just feel like, you know, I mean, you've, you've done that before. I've never but you've never out. You've never stayed, like, overnight. But we've gone to lotteries, and we've gone to those things. Yeah. But I just feel like you have to, like, this shows how much you You have really to either be lucky or really dedicated. Well, we, well, we were Slightly out. Crazy. We went out. We went to Old Forester when they uh, released the President's Choice bourbon. Yeah. And we got there, like, an hour before. Mm-hmm. And that was, I was like, that's my max, That flew under the that's, radar a little bit. It did, yeah. I've just never been down with that. Like, I yeah. just feel like there's so many brands out there that you can buy. Yeah, there's great the bourbon time. on the shelf. When like, I understand, like, wanting to get something, like, holy shit. Yeah. But at this point, in, you know, especially in Louisville, like, there are things that used to be readily available that you can't even get anymore, which is getting crazy. Well, you know, and not to do another plug for our tours, but, like, that's, I think that's another reason why I think it's so great. The different, you know, we're brand agnostic, so we have all these different brands and types of bourbons. And what I think is great about it is you, you know, you're trying, like, Heaven Hill Green Label or something. Mm-hmm. And it's something that you can find. It's affordable, and people enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And especially having that tasting, they're like, wow. Yes. You know, this is like a bourbon that you can just have on hand. You can find it on the shelf. Honestly, they're so hard to find now, just bourbons that are great bourbons. Like, you know, we love the Old Forester 1920, and that's a bourbon that you can go out and you can buy. Mm-hmm. But I feel like now people equate good bourbon with being hard to find. Yeah, when in reality, there are some... There are some great bourbons on the shelf that you can find, and personally for me, I feel like that's just as valuable of information. Oh yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned the Heaven Hill Green label because the Heaven Hill White label, the six-year bottled and bond, was officially discontinued uh, last week. So there's yeah. So there's Heaven Hill. They keep discontinuing. Well, right. They've been like kind of a, a darling of. These high quality bottom shelf brands, whether it was the old Fitzgerald bottled and bond yeah. that got mixed earlier this year, and now the uh, the six year bottled and bond, the, the Kentucky only yeah. released yeah. the white label, has officially been discontinued, and people are, are hoarding this shit. Oh yeah, they'll post people will post See, online six mm-hmm. bottles left in total wine, and but it's a lot of the like stores a, are doing one per, but everybody yeah. goes out. And I, it's I, like a fifteen dollar bottle too. Less than, it should be less than that. Yeah. Is what it used to be. Um, but yeah, people are, are hoarding it and trying to trade up for uh, much more expensive products. It's crazy. Yeah, that's why, and that's just what's happening. And so, like, I feel like that's getting ready to start happening with the McKenna, is because after the McKenna won, uh, yeah. like San that Francisco. world San Francisco like world whiskey competition, like <clears throat> I always tell people that the last time that I tried to go buy a bottle, it was wasn't on the shelf it was behind the counter yeah so starts to tell you like how quickly 
these things become scarce. Oh, big time. Heaven Hill flew under the radar with like the the hoarders and the whiskey chasers for a long time. But <laughs> no more. No more. No. Their, their yeah, brands they're out are, are becoming very sought after. Uh, another whiskey that I'm looking forward to not drinking this fall is the Four Roses. They had a 130th anniversary small batch. Yeah. It's been very well reviewed. Uh, retails for about $140. I'm looking forward to not getting one. Um, and then, of course, the antique collection mm-hmm. uh, with the, the George C. Stagg, the Thomas H. Handy that we're drinking a previous version of right now, the William LaRue Weller, uh, which is basically a barrel-proof uh, Weller 12. Mm. Um Eagle Rare changed this year. So the Eagle Rare 17 has always been bottled at 90 proof. Mm-hmm. This year they're going back to what the original was back in the 70s, I guess, and they're bottling it at 101 proof. Nice. So that's going to be really hard yeah, to get. Yeah, that'll be impossible. As if it's not always. There's less than 1,500 <laughs> bottles of it available. And then my White Whale, the, the whiskey that I always would love to get a bottle of, is the Sazerac 18-year. Mm. That's my favorite. Probably one of the best whiskeys I've ever had. It's a, a 18-year rye whiskey at 90 proof. Um, it tastes like perfume in a good way. Perfume. So very, yeah, very floral, yeah. very wow, herbal. You're really uh, selling it. You're digging it. I that. said in a good way. In a good way. Okay. <laughs> it tastes like Calvin Klein desire. Just straight in your mouth. Mm, in a good way. Just a couple of spritzes. Mm. But watered down. Mm. Yeah, gotta have a little water. <laughs> so everybody typically, all the liquor stores are probably going to hold back their antique collection to pair with the Pappy that mm-hmm. we're also not going to get. Yep. That's coming right behind that. Um, I think that the um, the Van Winkle Family Reserve Rye is probably coming back this year after a year hiatus when they had to restock. Um, so yeah, they'll, we'll probably see some lotteries, some liquor barn campouts, all that stuff coming up. And... I don't think I'm going to participate. No. If it's shouldn't. a lottery, I might go. You shouldn't. And you know what? With everybody that's listening, all the 12 and 15, maybe 30 people, if we're lucky, mm. you know what? This is the type of, this is the time of year. The temperature, hopefully, will start to drop or mm. you're hibernating and you're inside. You go out and you find the best bottle of 25 to $30 bourbon that you can find. Put it in a fancy-ass decanter. 100%. Trick your friends into mm. thinking that it's fancy. And you drink on that. Well, you know what? I will say we did a, this was recently we went to Marty's house and we did the, the weeded bourbons, the blind tasting. Nice. Yeah. And you know that, that Maker's was, Maker's 46, well, Maker's 46, Maker's 46 was 46? high up there. Go get some of that. Well, oh, speaking 46. of Maker's, I bet our, um, I bet our, uh, it's about private selection is going to be coming out soon. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. That'll be solid. Yeah. We got to, have you just, talked to Amin recently? Now that's a fall release I can get Just in time for fall release. There you I'm go. I'm looking forward Sour to Sour Mash exclusive. That. Sour Mash this exclusive. Fall. There you go. Yeah. No, I think it's, I think that's a great point. And I, and I just say this coming from a person who, if the alarm goes off at 4 a.m., and I have to make a decision between whether I'm going to go stand in line slash go to a lottery for bourbon or I'm going to keep sleeping. I'm going to keep sleeping every time. Every time. I love my sleep and I'm, I'm not going to give it up. But I do think that there are some really great bourbons out on the shelf. Not that all the bourbons you mentioned or the bourbons that you wait in line for or the bourbons you go to a lottery for are not. You're, not, you're there for a reason. So obviously they're great. But I say this coming from someone who's new to the bourbon industry and some, I, I find some of that to be kind of crazy. Um, it's just like nuts to me that, that it's so sought after and that the market changes so much and people will come to Louisville and say like, what's a really hard to find bourbon that we can find, you know, what can we find here? Thinking that they're going to find something and we're like, mm. you, uh, probably, you probably have a better chance of getting it back home. Where you know? live. Good yeah. luck. 
So, um, so yeah, I just, you know, for me, I just think like going to the liquor store, seeing what's on the shelf, you can find a lot of really good bourbons there, obviously. So that's what we'll be doing this fall. Yep. Absolutely. Is that enough? I think so. We don't have any would you rather's today. We I don't. We ran its course last week. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We, I mean, we might bring it back. I feel like we'll this is back. This was probably a, a break. Thing. We're talking so, about eating nickels. Yeah. So this many, is a little bit more of like a sentimental. So many yeah. would you rather's well, are yeah. just not good. Just like nonsense. I'm looking for one that's one of, truly going to make me think, and also that gives me the right one was parameters. The, the give up the internet or HVAC. Yeah. That was that good. Was good. Yeah. That's a good one, and but you have to have the right parameters because there's so many questions. My friend Debbie, who who's a listener of the podcast, she, once we started doing these would you rather's, we started seeing them everywhere, and we would send them to each other. And one of the ones that she sent me was, uh, let me well, look. See, this but now you're quick. going down the path of us doing a would you rather. I know, Fine. I am. I am going. <laughs> we must. We must. If we must. Well, this I'm not saying this is like. Tis ingrained this in This isn't us. the most inspired would you rather, but she was like, "This is crazy because you know I listen to the podcast and you guys talk about it. And now I'm seeing it everywhere." So this one was an example of a would you rather that she and I had a long conversation about that didn't have the right parameters. Eat whatever you want, whenever you want, or be able to sleep whenever you want. The question is, if you can eat whatever you want, whenever you want, are you still going to gain, you gain weight? weight? Um, or are you just eat whatever you... There's, there's a lot of questions. Of course my answer is to be able to sleep whenever you want because sleep is so precious to me. But the other issue with that is that I would sleep literally my life away. Yeah. I would sleep so much. So it's probably good that I have a job that I need to wake up for and, you know, whatever. You know, what's keeping me from... I'm, I already eat most of what I want. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. But it's not true. whenever you want. Eh, but, if it, but, but if it said hungry. eat whatever yeah. you want, whenever you want, without the negative health effects Impact, yeah. slash, you know, weight gain, I'd be like, sign me up. I'm in. You're going to eat whatever you want, whenever you but want, and then too, you're going to sleep. But it's right. too, right. So it's too vague for that. But anyway, so that's what I'm saying. When we, when we do these would you rathers, I think we've all started to become very, very picky about them. They've mm -hmm. got to be the right situation. got to make you think. Like the they're, a dime, they're a dime a dozen. Here's a good one. Questions. We had, to wrap it up, we had dinner. That was a weird way to say wrap it up. Uh, <laughs> wrap her up. We had dinner with our friends, Randy and Emily on Saturday and somehow or another that condiment question came up and Randy was like I don't really like condiments so I don't none of them so <laughs> none so none yeah. and he's like I'm not worried about so it so it just it wasn't just, an issue it, it like let the, but like, Emily said vehemently mayonnaise yeah so mayonnaise, have mayonnaise. by the way we went to just last night we went to an amazing restaurant this weekend called Fond mm -hmm. uh, it's on Frankfurt Avenue Chef Madeline D does um that sounds like a chef it, it does. sure does it's a great name it's, it's chef boyardee's sister <laughs> and, um, <laughs> uh, anyway no chef madeline d she is excellent he's we the went, first celebrity chef right chef yeah right exactly he's the og but she did a um what was it five six course um uh, meal At i least. think it was yeah there was, was like some six? surprises in there like, it was excellent it was so good the theme was oktoberfest um i read the menu but it the menu description did nothing to actually describe how amazing the food was. The ambiance is excellent. Um, she does them on Friday and Saturday nights. I just have to plug it because we had such a great experience, and she's a small business owner here in Louisville, yep. um, and she's excellent. So fond on Frankfurt Avenue. She's booked up for the rest of the year, but you can get on her waiting list. Um, get on, get on know, her list. Yeah, dude. It's it's crucial. It, it was so good. So I just want to I want to give a shout-out to Chef D. We always like to support our folks. Chef Girl RD. Girl? <laughs> nice. Nice. There's a new that's a new hashtag. Dude, All right, we're, I'm crushing it. Fun, we're gonna be tagging you in this post. That's right. <laughs> Alright All right. guys. Well, goodbye everybody.
for yeah. now. It's been fun. <laughs> we'll be back. We'll be back. <laughs> Goodbye. Another, <laughs> not next week, the week after. Probably the week after. Um, as always, check us out on social media, at uh, Sour Mash Tours. Also, check out our website and book a tour with us at www.sourmashtours.com. And until next time, guys, cheers. Cheers. in the treetop all day long, and a singing his song. All the little